Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Once again, welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Goldridge. I am so happy to be here on this Monday, episode 418 on this July the 18th, 2022, as we have a great show for you. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Newton, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. I do not have a guest on the show today, but let me tell you what's going on this week. On tomorrow's show, I plan on having the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions, Jared Dillard, and quarterback for the Columbus Lions, Mason Espinoza. And on Wednesday, I'm going to have New Mexico Lightning midfielder Tanya Chavez. But other than that, let's get this show started. I'm going to start this show with the Columbus Lions. Probably the most improbable, impressive win I have ever seen by the Columbus Lions. They were taking on a Carolina Cobras team that stacked their roster, pulling Tommy Grady, the quarterback, out of retirement. They just were trying to pull out all the stops to get the victory so they could get home field advantage and win an NAL championship, whatever it takes, right? Right out the gate, Tommy Grady looked rusty. The Lions force a turnover. Mason Espinoza, the touchdown pass to Desmond Reese in the back of the end zone. And then the Nighthawk makes his return to Columbus Coming out of retirement, I mean, this guy's number is hanging in the rafters at the Columbus Civic Center. Damian Daniel with the pick six. What a great tip by Desmond Reese. Daniel took it to the house, and then just like that, the Columbus Lions were up 14 to nothing. They even had a lead of 39 to 13 at one point in this game. Started getting a little dicey toward the end. In fact, Carolina came all the way back, scored 33 unanswered points to take a 46-39 lead. And then Columbus with the touchdown pass from Mason Espinosa to Jarman Fortson on a free play. Carolina was offsides. Mason Espinosa with the touchdown pass to Jarman. He was untouched in the end zone. And then a bold call by the Columbus Lions to go for two And it pays off. Darren Townsend with a diving catch in the back of the end zone. Columbus is up by one with 29 seconds left to go. They are able to hold on and win the game 47-46. to They are 6-5 on the season. 
they will take on the Orlando Predators this Saturday night. It is the final home game of the season, and right now the Columbus Lions are in third place in the NAL. Now, this is what needs to happen for Columbus to host a home playoff game the week of July the 30th. They need to beat Orlando next week, and they need Jacksonville to beat Carolina. Jacksonville and Carolina will have identical 8-6 and six records. Now, they are the only two teams in the NAL that played 14 games. Everybody else played 12 because they had an obligation in their home arenas to have multiple games. So Columbus would get second place because of the winning percentage. I actually went in and did the math. Columbus would have a better winning percentage. Now, even if Albany loses to San Antonio and Columbus wins, Albany has the tiebreaker against the Columbus Lions. So Albany has locked up at least a number one or number two seed. Carolina still has a shot at a number one seed. If they beat Jacksonville, they are going to get a number one seed. But the cards are all on the table for all these teams in the National Arena League. And this is exciting. The winners are the fans. I love this league. I'm glad that I'm a part of it. I'm glad that Coach Gibson pulled me aside at the end of a Rapids game and asked me if I wanted to be on the broadcast team for the Columbus Lions. I said, sure. I love football, and I was just excited to be a part of the team. And I can't wait for the broadcast this Saturday night. As we wind down the Columbus Lions season, I might have just one or two more games left to go. I transition to high school football as I am pleased to announce that I'm going to be part of the broadcast team with Corey Bank for CTV Beam and the CW Channel 38 here in Columbus, the high school game of the week, primarily Russell County home games, one Russell County away game, and three Smith Station games. So the first game I'm going to be broadcasting is going to be August the 18th, Smith Station versus LaGrange, and I'm excited about this game. It's going to be on a Thursday night. Oh, I cannot wait. And then the first Russell County home game is going to be August the 26th against Harris County. I'm also calling a game up in Valley, and there are several Glenwood games that are going to be the high school game of the week, but Glenwood has their own announcers. So I'm excited about that. It's been quite the journey. A year-long journey in my broadcasting career. And, you know, we have expansion teams in the National Arena League as they will welcome Fayetteville. We'll have a new franchise in the National Arena League, which is great because the National Indoor Soccer League has the Fayetteville Fury. So that should be fun. Hopefully they can get another expansion team in there. Of course, the Tampa Bay Strikers is the new expansion team for the National Indoor Soccer League. Let's talk about the Columbus Chattahoots because they really took one on the chin Friday night. The Pack the Park night. I'm wondering how that was. Actually, was working this weekend. The Columbus Chattahoots lose to the defending SBL champion Alpharetta Aviators 10-0. But they were able to win game two on military night. Saturday night, 3-2 against the same Alpharetta Aviators. And the Columbus Chattahoots are 11-9 on the season as they will take on the Atlanta Crackers tonight. It will be a doubleheader up at Stillwell Stadium up in Kennesaw, Georgia, because of the rain out a couple of weeks ago. The Columbus Chattahoots are making a big push to get into the SBL playoffs and win their division. 
but they've had some rain outs. Uh, we had the SBL All-Star Game yesterday at Chakalaka Field in Oxford, Alabama. That was a good event. Speaking of All-Stars, we got the All-Star Game on Tuesday. Got the Home Run Derby tonight. Uh, that is always exciting. Austin Riley for the Atlanta Braves finally made it to the All-Star Game. Max Fried will not pitch for the Atlanta Braves. So how did the Atlanta Braves do in the first half of the season? Well, had a very good four-game series with the Washington Nationals where they took three out of four. They did lose to the Nationals 7-3. to Juan Soto hit his 20th home run of the season. I can't believe he turned down a $440 million offer to stay with the Washington Nationals. They are looking to trade him. He's a superstar. He can go anywhere. Just please do not go to the Yankees. Well, the Atlanta Braves, they finished the first half with a 56-38 and record. They are two and a half back of the New York Mets. If you look at the first half of the Major League Baseball season, the New York Yankees are just running away with their division. But right behind them, the Houston Astros. The Yankees have a 64-28 and record, followed by the Houston Astros. So the Yankees would be the number one seed. The Houston Astros would be the number two seed. The number three seed would be the Minnesota Twins. So your two wildcard teams, if the season were to end today, would be the Tampa Bay Rays, and don't look now, but the Seattle Mariners have won 14 straight games. They have not made the postseason since 2001. How exciting would it be for the city of Seattle, a once historic sports town, when the Sonics went to the NBA Finals in 96, the Seattle Seahawks winning the Super Bowl in 2013, the Seattle Storm have a couple of WNBA championships, and they just got the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Sounders, always a great Major League Soccer team. But the Seattle Mariners, who have not made the postseason since 2001. Remember, they had that incredible regular season run when they had Ichiro and they had Brett Boone and they were just a complete baseball team but just ran into the Yankees in the ALCS and it just wasn't the same. But Seattle has had Hall of Fame players like King Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, and Alex Rodriguez and they've had the greatest designated hitter of all time, Edgar Martinez. The Seattle Mariners have always been a very good franchise that had players like Adrian Beltre and Robinson Cano, but they've fallen on hard times. So it's nice to see them in the playoff mix. Going over to the National League, the Dodgers World Series or bust approach has taken shape in the regular season as they are 60-30 and 30 in the first half. They would be the number one seed. The New York Mets... They are 58-35. and 35. And then you have a tight race in the National League Central between the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals. Both teams reached the postseason last year, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are 11 games back. So they are fighting for the division and for that number three seed. Your wildcard teams would be the Atlanta Braves and the San Diego Padres. Just strap in for a very exciting second half of 
the Major League Baseball season. Moving over to Major League Soccer, Atlanta United and Orlando SC complete the 1-1 draw thanks to Juan Jose Pertada's goal in the 71st minute to tie things up against their longtime rival, Orlando City. After beating Real Salt Lake last Wednesday, Atlanta will travel to Los Angeles to take on the LA Galaxy on July the 24th. Their next home game is going to be August the 8th against the Seattle Sounders. Looking at your Major League Soccer standings, Atlanta United is still in 11th place with 24 points, but they're only two back of the Columbus Crew that has 26 points. They're tied with Charlotte FC. Columbus has a better goal differential. So right now, it's really hard to believe that the best team in Major League Soccer is an expansion team. Austin FC has been steamrolling everyone. Remember, they gave Atlanta United their worst loss at home in franchise history, 3 mil. Austin FC rolling along in Major League Soccer. Well, congratulations to the Portland Trailblazers for winning the NBA Summer League. I don't really look into NBA Summer League that much. All I know is John Collins is going to stay put in Atlanta. It looks like DeAndre Ayton is going to stay put in Phoenix. And for the time being, Kevin Durant is still a Brooklynette. You know, sometimes I binge watch shows. You know, somebody asked me, have you seen Stranger Things yet? And I said, no, I've never never seen one episode of Stranger Things. But one thing I love to binge watch is sports documentaries. And I started re-watching The Last Dance. I mean, I was so fascinated by this sports documentary that happened two years ago. In fact, I got on my show and I started recapping episodes. What I find fascinating about The Last Dance the story of the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls is really the story about Michael Jordan and his drive and his will to win at any cost. And the reason why he is a different athlete than LeBron James is because Michael Jordan in his heyday would not team up with other superstars. I would not see him teaming up with Reggie Miller or team it up with Charles Barkley, or team it up with Hakeem Olajuwon. It just doesn't happen. What LeBron did, going to the Miami Heat, where Dwayne Wade was clearly already a number one, Dwayne Wade took a step back and became a number two. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I know I talk about it all the time on the show, but that's why the Chicago Bulls were such a lovable team. Unless... You're a fan of the Knicks or the Hawks or you know a team like the Pacers that you were just tired of the Bulls winning all those titles because Michael Jordan denied your team some championships. But the Bulls were just amazing, and they were just fascinating. I love that documentary. So we had a pretty busy sports weekend. Cam Johnson comes out of nowhere to win the Open Championship. You know, if you're a golf fan, There's nothing like waking up at 4.30 in the morning to catch the opening round of the Open Championship at St. Andrews. Tiger Woods bailed out early, but that's always pretty cool. Hey, this is the week for SEC Media Days, 
and a lot of media outlets in the Chattahoochee Valley to include WTVM, WRBL. They're all making the trip. Sports Visions, they're all making the trip up to Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame today all the way until the 22nd of July. This is what my goal is, that I would like to get this podcast big enough to where I get credentials and I get to attend SEC Media Days next year. That's a goal of mine, and I want to try to accomplish it. But I am so intrigued by SEC Media Days because of the state of the conference. Everybody wants to see what Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban are going to say. But what is LSU going to look like with Brian Kelly? What's Florida going to look like with Matt Napier? Does Arkansas take a complete step forward? They had a lot of predictions. The latest prediction by 24-7 Sports. They got Arkansas finishing 9-3. and Can you believe that? Arkansas. Arkansas has a tough game against the Cincinnati Bearcats to open the season. Yes, they do play Alabama in Fayetteville this year. But the fact they're going to finish 9-3, and three, that speaks volumes of head coach Sam Pittman and the job he has done in Arkansas. And K.J. Jefferson has staked his claim as one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. But they're clearly disrespecting Stetson Bennett. I'm very interested to see what the preseason all-conference selections are going to be. Who are going to be the first team, second team quarterbacks? You can't just automatically assume it's going to be Bryce Young and K.J. Jefferson. What about Will Levis? What about Jackson Dart over there at Ole Miss? Uh, Just the quarterback play this year in the SEC, it is going to be off the hook. And let's not pencil in Alabama as national champions just yet. Remember, The Georgia Bulldogs are the defending national champions, and we can't automatically assume they're both going to be on a collision course to meet in the SEC championship game. Kentucky has a NFL-ready quarterback in Will Levis. You got Spencer Rattler over at South Carolina. I believe Anthony Richardson is going to improve under Billy Napier's offense at Florida. You know, the Riders got Florida... They're picking them to be 7-5? and five? Seriously, that's how far Florida has fallen off. Dan Mullen was a good coach. They got rid of a good coach, and they've got an unproven Billy Napier that, sure, he led Louisiana to a very good record, and he's a disciple of Nick Saban, but we don't know if Billy Napier can coach. So with SEC Media Days coming up, all your questions will be answered I'm going to actually start with week one and some of the games I'm looking forward to seeing. Saturday, August 27th, I do not plan on staying up at 1030 at night to see Vanderbilt taking on Hawaii. Besides, I don't get the CBS Sports Network. Thursday night, Ball State in Tennessee. I just want to see what Tennessee looks like, even with them playing Ball State. Um, I have no desire to see Louisiana Tech and Missouri. Moving on to Saturday, the 12 o'clock game on the SEC Network, Sam Houston and Texas A&M. Probably not going to see that one. The two games I'm probably going to be switching back and forth on the TV is Cincinnati and Arkansas and Oregon and Georgia. Then you got Troy taking on Ole Miss. You get to see Jackson Dart 
over there in Oxford, Mississippi. Mercer taking on Auburn. A lot of media thinks that Brian Harson is going to regress in his second year. And even with Tank Bigsby coming back and Brad Calzada is now their quarterback, Auburn hasn't had the recruiting classes they've had once before. And even though Auburn can get good players, they got Carmelo English, the four-star wide receiver from Central, to commit to be an Auburn Tiger. A lot of coaches and media think that Auburn's going to be 6-6. Six and six. Here's another intriguing matchup I really want to see. Utah and Florida. Utah is favored by two on ESPN at seven. Miami, Ohio taking on Kentucky. Elon and Vanderbilt. You got Utah State and Alabama, 730 on the SEC network. Alabama's favored by 38. Would you want to take that spread? Because Utah State is a pretty good team. Can Utah State hang with Alabama? Another interesting game I want to see is Memphis and Mississippi State. That should be a fun game. Georgia State and South Carolina. And then on Sunday, you have Florida State and LSU. Now, that's just week one. I am getting excited about week two. I want to peek ahead at week two because you have some incredible matchups, including Tennessee and Pittsburgh. You have Alabama and Texas. And here's a game I would love to go get tickets to, San Jose State and Auburn. You know, I grew up 20 minutes from San Jose State. Now, we're talking about the region of the country where they don't care about college football. I have ripped the San Francisco Bay Area when it comes to college football fans. San Jose State has the worst college football fan base. They're out of the Mountain West. They haven't really done much in their college football career. One time they lost to Alabama like 48-3. to They're just trying to get their program going, and that would be a good starter game. You know, Auburn is just like an hour away, and uh, that would be pretty cool. But one thing I really want to see is just the debut of Brian Kelly and what he does at LSU. And, you know, taking on a Florida State team that is really trying to turn it around with some recruiting classes. So SEC Media Days all week. I'm excited about college football. You're going to get a triple dose of football on this show come August. High school football, college football, the NFL. It is going to be off the hook. This is where half my audience comes back. Yeah, for some strange reason, I lose half my audience when football season's over. But, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Some fun and exciting things are about to happen on this show. I'm going to try to get a Facebook Live episode at least once a week. I'm going to try to get a video podcast and put it on YouTube. And I'm also going to be broadcasting in studio at WQEE from time to time. In fact, the next time I'm going to make an appearance at WQEE is going to be next Monday night as the Columbus Chattahoots will take on the Chocolaca Monsters. All right, before I close... I just want to give a big shout out to the Georgia Vipers, my man Cortez Cheney, who's been a guest on this show. He just messaged me. They win again. The Georgia Vipers are 7-0 and on the season, and their next home game is going to be August the 14th at the KBW Gymnasium. They are ranked second in all the teams in the PBA. And so just congratulations to the Georgia Vipers. I've yet to make it out to a game. I want to try to make it to a game. I would like to go to the PBA All-Star Game that's being held in Columbus on August the 26th or the 27th. And then on August 11th, 
Although it just does not feel right because it's not the Chicago White Sox, we will have the Field of Dreams game. It was such a magical moment last season, especially with Kevin Costner coming out of the cornfield. Sad to see Ray Liotta pass away. He played Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. He will be forever known as Henry Hill and Shoeless Joe Jackson. And then James Kahn passed away. He was the football coach in one of my favorite football movies, The Program. But a lot of people remember him as Sonny Corleone from the Godfather movies and the dad from the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. So sad to see James Caan pass away. And, well, that is all the time I have on the show today. I do want to thank all my listeners. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget, tomorrow I will have Jared Dillard and Mason Espinoza as we will break down everything Columbus Lions and preview the game versus the Orlando Predators. I hope that everybody has a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.